I wonder if you have a garden or maybe a little space that you're in charge of. It might be your bedroom, it might be your house, it might be a window box, whatever it might be, an area that you are in charge of how it looks, what you do with it. Um, and I wonder how you make decisions about how you treat that piece, that's, that space, what you do with it, how you decorate it, whatever it might be. I often think, what might be the most useful way to use this? Or, or how will I most enjoy this space? Or how can I make it look so that I like the look of it? But I read a verse this morning in Isaiah 62 verse 4 that made me stop and reflect. It's one of these verses where it doesn't immediately make sense and you have to kind of look into it a bit. It starts off quite normal. It's quite an encouraging verse. It starts off, no longer will they call you deserted. So he's talking um, to the people of God or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hepzibah, which means my delight is in her, and your land Beulah, which means married. So it starts getting a bit more peculiar, the verse. But then Isaiah goes on, for the Lord will take delight in you. And then he adds a bit that stood out to me, and your land will be married. And I thought, what in the world does he mean? My land will be married. How can my land be married? What does that mean? And what's the significance of it? And uh, partly got my attention because it was a weird sentence, but also because in the creation care course, we've been learning about um, how prominent land is and ideas about uh, the physical land are in the Bible. There are over 2,000 references to land in the Bible. That's more references than there are to justification by faith repentance, baptism, and Jesus's return. Um, and that's not to say those things aren't incredibly important, but maybe more that we've overlooked the importance that God places and that our faith places on physical land. And that maybe we've ignored that a little bit. In the life of Abraham, 40 out of the 46 promises that God makes to him mention land and 29 of them are exclusively about land but what did Isaiah mean by your land will be married what did he mean by that I looked it up and another translation adds that the land is married or owned and protected by the Lord therefore it's it's not our land, it's married to God. He owns it and he protects it. He cares for that land. And it got me to thinking, land is clearly important to God. I have this little plot in Southern Coldfield that I'm currently in charge of. How would I change what I do with it in light of the fact that it's not mine, it's God's. I'm just here to look after it for him. What might I do differently um, with my land if I think about it as God's? What would be the best use of this piece of land, this piece of God's land, here now in 2021? What might I change if I'm looking after it for God rather than for myself? Is there anything? There might not be, but it's a good thought to think over. And we might think that the little bit of um, space that we're in charge of is insignificant, but particularly when we're thinking about gardens here in England. In England, um, the garden area, so areas of, um, if you were to put together all the area that constitutes garden in England, 
is actually more than four and a half times larger than that of our national nature reserves. So it's significant. What we do with our gardens, if everyone were to use their gardens well in a way that glorifies God, it would be really significant. It's a bigger space of land than all of our national nature reserves in England. Um, it's a significant thing. So as we pray about how we're using our land, the land that we're currently in charge of, whether that be a garden, whether that be a building, part of a building, a little um, pot plant, whatever it might be, let's ask God to guide us in what he would have us do differently with his land that he is married to, that he owns and that he protects.